Welcome to the latest edition of Lovers of Rebetica. My name is Con Calamaris, and each week with this podcast series, we delve into various uh, individuals and historic elements of Rebetica. Tonight, we um, are going to delve into three trailblazing female com- um, composers and singers. First off is Marika Babagika. Second is Rosa Eskenazi, and third is Rita Abadzi. All amazing. Um, I'll start with Marika Babagika, who distinguished herself um, from most of her contemporaries by virtue of her soprano voice, which is relatively high and somewhat reminiscent of Western classical singers and her, with her diction as well. The style of her sound and recordings is further distinguished by the particular uh, way she performed and the unusual combination um, of instrumentation at the time, which included violin, clarinet, and occasionally a xylophone. With Marika Babagika's recordings, her main company musician that she played with was her hu- either her husband Gus and a celloist called Marcos Sinfonios. She did approximately 50 recordings. The opera instrumentation part was usually played by one of the various violinists that she, impl- she performed with, including Athanasios Macedonas, Vagilis Naftis, and also George Theotolu and Ipiros Alexis Zumbas, and also with a clarinetist frequently known as Nicolas Relias between 1922 and 1925. After her death, Marika Papagica's music faded into obscurity and was only available for those who accessed 78 recordings, often obscure collectors, and also people who were located in Greece or in the US. But from 1976 onwards, with the first crop of LP reissues of Greek music from earlier decades of the 20th century, her music was once again heard in Greece and also and the, late, the late, least 29 of her sessions were reissued between 1976 and 1984. During the analogue reissue era of Papagica, which res- represented a, a, a large po- a portion of her recording, it also incorporated uh, Rosa Eskenazi and also Rita Abadzi and also Madame Kula. But with Rosa and Rita, we'll talk about them later on. Since the early 1990s, Papakika's sound has featured regularly in America, French and Greek produced CD reissues, and the music genre often called Rebetica, no surprise. And the first reissue solely dedicated to her was in uh, 1994. Um, in 1995, Marika Papagika was the subject of an episode on NPR, All Things Considered, where Dick Spotswood introduced her music to the North American audience. The first Greek reissue, entirely dedicated to Papagika, appeared in 1999, and this was expanded to a three-CD set in 2008, representing a grand total of 52 recordings. To this day, Marika Papagika still... Um, uh, is featured on various uh, recordings, especially those that were world music recordings in the US. Marika Papagika was born in the island of Kos in September the 1st in 1890, and in late 1913, she recorded a first gramophone recording in Alexandria in Egypt, one of the first many recordings that she's been found. She emigrated to the US through Ellis Island in 1915 with her husband, Costa, who was otherwise known as Gus. And who was also a cimbalom player. 
And then in July 1918, she made her first trial recording in the States for Victor Records. Though her first published Victor Recordings were made in December of that year. And in 1919, she began recording for Columbia Records. Marika Papagika was one of the first to record Greek music in, in the US, and she recorded a number of songs in Turkish as well. And by 1925, Marika and her husband Costa had opened a nightclub in New York on West 34th Street, near 8th Avenue, called Marika's, likely to be a Cafe Aman, a gathering place characterized by the Greek cuisine and the Greek music. Marika wasn't the first to have a Cafe Aman or Speakeasy in, in the US, but Marika not only attracted uh, the Greeks and regular patrons, but also Albanians, Arabs, Armenians, and Bulgarians and Turks. And between 1918 to 1928, she recorded at least 232 performances, including the Ekleftiko Dimotiko, and also the song that you're hearing in the background now, which is Smidniko Minore. In her later years, Marika lived with her husband in Staten Island in New York, where she died. On, the, on August the 2nd in 1943. Her legacy obviously still lives on. The next artist we're going to focus on today is Rosa Eskenazi, who was born as Sarah Eskenazi, originally from Constantinople, which was then under the Ottoman Empire. Throughout her career, she did actually hide her real date of birth, and she claimed to have been born between 1895 and 1897. Her father, Avram Eskenazi, owned a storage facility. In addition to Rosa, he and his wife, Flora, had another daughter and two sons, Nisim and the eldest Sami. Shortly after the turn of the century, the Skinazi family relocated to Thessaloniki. There, still under the Ottoman Empire, the city was undergoing some rapid economic expansion at the time, and with its population growing between 1870 to 189 from 1917, Avram Skinazi found work in the cotton processing mill and took various odd jobs to improve his family's financial standing. For some time, Rosa and her brother and her mother lived in a uh, local suburb called Komotini, a city at the time which was a sizable Turkish-speaking population. Rosa's mother found employment and they had a living maid as well. Rosa assisted her with the housework. And one day, um, Rosa Eskenazi overheard some uh, singing at the local tavern and she was enthralled by the, what she heard there. 
Rose's mother was incensed that her suggestion that her daughter or any other member of the family would be an artist. Years later in an interview, Rosa admitted at the time when she was living in Gomotini, that was a turning point in her life and it was there that she said she decided to be a singer. She was not to realise her dream until her family returned to the Saloniki. At the time, the family was renting an apartment near the, grand, um, the city's Grand Hotel Theatre and several of her neighbours performed there as well. Every day, Rosa would, would help two of the three dancers with their costumes, hoping that she would one day appear on stage. It was there that she finally began her career as a dancer. While still a teenager, she fell in love with a young gentleman called Yanis Zadinidis, a wealthy man and from a prominent family. Zadinidis' family disapproved of the match, considering her to be too loose of a moral character. Nevertheless, the two eloped in 1913, and Sarah, cha Sarah changed her name to Rose Eskenazi. By that stage, she was known throughout her career. Her husband passed away in 1917, leaving Rose Eskenazi with a little child, Baraskos. Realising that she could not maintain a career as a performer while raising an infant, she brought him to the St. Uh, Sidney's Nursery of the city of Xanthi. And her father's, with her fa with the family's father, agreed to support him there. Uh, eventually, he grew up ranking as a, an, an officer in the Greek army, and it was only years later that he finally reunited with Rosa Eskenazi in Athens in 1935. Rosa had moved to Athens shortly after the death of her husband to pursue her music career. She quickly teamed up with two American cabaret artists, Samorus and Zabel, who reportedly liked her because she could speak Turkish and because she showed them, she showed talent as a singer. In 1929, Rosa cut four sides for Columbia Records. Over the course of her long career, Rosa developed a really good relationships with Columbia Records, and but also Minos Matsas, who had recently founded Odeon Parlophone record label. In 1949, Rosa returned to Patras to attain a new ID card and she gave a few concerts as well. But in a real turning point in life is when she met Christos Philopakopoulos, a young police officer almost 30 years her junior. Despite the huge age gap, the two of them fell in love and it was a relationship that would last for some time and the rest of Rosa's life. Although Rosa had toured extensively through the Balkans, it was not until 1952 that she made her first tour of the United States to perform for the Greek and Turkish diasporas there. The trip was sponsored by the Parthenon Restaurant Bar in New York City and lasted for several months. This was the first of several musical tours overseas and in 19, um, 1955 she also did some recordings for the Balkan Recording Company. Soon after she embarked on two more tours of the United States and performed in New York, Detroit, Chicago and on the 5th of July 1958 during her second trip to the US she married Frank Alexandra. The wedding seemed to have been in name only. This was necessary for her to get work permit in the US. Nevertheless, Eskenazi loved America and would have would have emigrated there if it were not for her love for Christos Philokopoulos. She returned to Athens in 1959 so she could be with him. She brought the two of them a large house in Kukupoli and the money that she earned from the United States as well as the two trucks and some horses and then she would leave for the rest of her life.
Now the next artist we're going to focus on on tonight's edition of Lovers of Rebetica is Rita Abadzi. Strangely enough, during this research, there was very limited information that I can actually find on Rita Abadzi that was official. Rita Abadzi was born in 1914 and she passed away on the 17th of June in 1969 and she began a career for the first part of the 1930s. She was born in Smidney and lived in the area of Aden Vilayet of the Ottoman Empire. Some resources have given that her date of birth was 1903. A singer of Rebetiko, Spindeko and other music, she was a popular performer of the gramophone series of 1930s. During the decade, of that particular decade, she was the only female singer of Rebetiko and she also rivaled in popularity with uh, Rosa Eskenazi. Abasi performed with many of the famous musicians, including Costas Scarvelis, Spiros Peristeris, Dimitrios Semsis, Marcos Vanvakaris, and Vasilis Tsitsani. Oddly enough, her career ended after World War II. She died in Egalio, in Athens, and her sister, Sofia Carivali, was also a notable rebetico singer who had also performed with Marcos Vanvakaris as well quite a bit, and I will be covering. Um, uh, Marcos Vanvakari in the next uh, few podcast series. So that was today's edition of Lovers of Rebetica. We um, covered Marika Papagica, Rosa Eskenazi, and Rita Abadzi. Thank you as always. Please tell your friends about this podcast series and and make and be sure to subscribe. Thank you once again. Yeah, I'm